listening to the Human Care Podcast, part of the Invisible Not Broken Podcast Network. I'm your host, Eva Minkoff. On this show, I have candid conversations with chronic illness warriors and insightful practitioners who are redefining what it means to be human when faced with health challenges. I'm also the founder of Wellacopia, the matching site for healthcare relationships. We connect chronic illness wellness seekers with integrative providers best suited to be their partners in care. To match with your dream doctor, therapist, nutritionist, acupuncturist, chiropractor, and more, visit wellacopia.com. Today is part three of my interview with Dr. Boyana Yankovic-Weatherly. However, it's a short one. Dr. Boyana is here to give us an update on inquiries about COVID-19 testing. Today, she's sharing current recommendations and the available options based on an article that was written on May 6, 2020. Given that there are rapid changes as we gather more information, it may be quickly outdated. So for most up-to-date information, just in case, make sure to refer to the CDC website, your local health department, and your qualified healthcare practitioner. For a little background, COVID-19 is the illness caused by the strain of coronavirus in 2019. We have now seen that people infected with this virus may have a range of symptoms. They may be completely asymptomatic or have a mild to severe respiratory illness. The most common symptoms include fever, cough, difficulty breathing, fatigue, muscle aches, sore throat, but can also include symptoms such as loss of taste or smell, gastrointestinal illness, or neurological symptoms. Today, Dr. Boyana will talk to us in a little bit more detail about the current testing options, what's available, and how to go about it. Slightly off topic, just because I know that you've been recently looking into it, would you mind uh, updating us on uh, what you've been learning about testing? Sure, I'll just do a very brief update because it's a huge topic and I actually will be sending a newsletter to my community uh, today, it's May 7th. Uh, and so as we all know, this information is changing rapidly and evolving rapidly. So uh, whenever we discuss anything COVID-19 related, uh, it's so important to, to state the date um, because information quickly becomes outdated as we learn more and as we have more uh, information available. As we learn more and as we gain more information, of course, a lot of this information about testing and about the specific testing recommendations um, is going to change. So I always refer people to the CDC website, to their local um, Department of Health, as well as, of course, to their qualified healthcare provider. Uh, and then for people that are interested in reviewing the article that I uh, wrote, uh, they'll be able to do so on my website, drboyana.com. That's drboyana.com. Uh, but in a nutshell, uh, you know, there are two types of testing that we talk about, right? One of them is the molecular or the PCR testing, where we actually are looking at the genetic material of the virus that causes COVID-19 or the SARS-CoV-2. And, um, and that testing is available um, and is done by collecting a specimen, ideally from the nasopharynx, which is all the way at the back of your nose. Um, but there are also some tests available now through various nasal swabs, as well as through oropharyngeal secretions. 
Um, it's recommended, obviously, they all be done under the supervision and with a qualified healthcare provider. So this is something that, again, if anybody thinks that they might have an active infection, contact their healthcare provider and, uh, uh, and check what the next uh, course of action is. So again, these PCR, these molecular tests, they actually detect the virus itself uh, in the mucus or in the saliva. Um, and they tell us, are we currently infected? Do we currently have the virus uh, in our body? Um, now, the second set of testing is called the serology or the antibody testing. And that tells us whether we've uh, mounted an immune response against the virus. Uh, now, it's really, really, really important to note that um, the FDA has, just because of obviously the urgency of everything and, um, and, and just the rapid uh, uh, proliferation of these tests, um, the FDA has something called the EUA, which is the Emergency Use Authorization. And that means if a test has emergency use authorization, it means that the FDA has performed a review of validation data that were provided by the testing company, and they have found it to be acceptable. And one can find this list on the FDA's website. And this is something that I reference in my article as well, so people can go directly to it. So currently, in terms of this serology testing, in terms of antibody testing, which tells us, uh, have I been infected? And this could be in the past or in the present, right? Because it takes our body um, a certain number of days, typically about 10 days or so, uh, you know, we're starting to get a pretty ramped up response in terms of our antibodies. Um, and then there are two different antibodies that we talk about. And some tests do test for both of the antibodies, the IgG and the IgM, and some test only for the IgG. The IgM is kind of the, um, the shorter lasting one, the antibody that um, is really indicates a response in that acute phase of the infection in the short term after the infection and typically dies off after about two to three months. Of course, this highly, highly varies. Um, and then the IgG antibody test is the one that, that, that really is an indicator of past, again, or current infection, but tends to stay for a long period of time and even sometimes lifelong. Whether or not it confers immunity, we still don't know. Um, we know that it means that you've been exposed to the virus at some point in the past or in the present, and you've already mounted enough of a response that the antibody is detectable in the blood. Um, you know, so the FDA um, has these 12 tests that it has granted this emergency use authorization or the EUA that test the serology, that test these antibodies. However, there are over 150 tests out there on the market. So it's really important for anybody listening, obviously, get the test through if you qualify for the test. And if it's something that's warranted, obviously talk to your healthcare provider to determine that, but also make sure that the test that you're getting through your healthcare provider also has this EUA. Um, because there are many, many tests out there that don't have this yet. And there are 12 that currently do, again, on the date that we're, that we're recording this interview, May 7th. I'm sure there will be many more um, by the time it comes out. But, um, uh, but that, again, can give us information about whether or not we have been exposed and have mounted a sufficient antibody response to the virus to have that antibody detectable by the test. And like I said, this shouldn't change uh, whether or not we use, you know, personal protective measures, whether we're, we're, we're wearing masks, whether we're socially distancing, we still should continue to apply those same measures. The hope is that over time, as testing is available more widely, and as the reliability of the testing has been validated, and as we learn more, 
does having these antibodies mean that we're immune? Does having these antibodies really confer protection down the road? That will hopefully um, be able to be used in some way in terms of making decisions about when we start to open up and when people start going back to work, if and how they'll be able to sort of reintegrate safely. But right now, we still don't know. There's still a great deal of uncertainty um, and, and it's really uh, just a matter of more data and more time. What I've also outlined in my article, um, and again, everyone has access to this on the FDA website, but you can literally click through um, each test's information and find out what the sensitivity of the test is and what the specificity is. Meaning when we talk about sensitivity, we talk about all the people that are truly positive for this, how many are gonna get the positive test result? We talk about specificity, all the people that haven't had the disease, so that are negative, that are truly negative, how many people are gonna get the negative result, right? And it's important that both of these numbers be high so that we can reliably uh, interpret the test. Uh, and so there's some variability in the tests in terms of their sensitivity and specificity. There's also variability in terms of the sample sizes used. So again, we still need, bottom line is we still need more data, but if a test is indicated, it's important to do it with the guidance of your healthcare provider in a reliable setting with a reliable lab that has been granted the EUA, and then interpret the test with your healthcare uh, provider. It was such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me and, uh, uh, and it's been great chatting with you. Thank you. Yes, same as always. <laughs>